Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam in home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And um, I uh, am talking about the subject of the blood covenant. And yesterday we talked about God's covenant with Abraham and we are actually continuing on with the same theme of uh, same topic of God's covenant with Abraham and God continues to speak to Abraham. And we are now in Genesis chapter 17. That's where we are. And so uh, anyway, in Genesis chapter 17, God speaks to uh, Abraham and he comes to him again as Yahweh, which is using his covenant name. But then he says, I'm El Shaddai. I'm God who's more than enough. And then and now he begins to speak to him in the plural. So it says in verse four, it says, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. He speaks to him in the plural that God is going to be that, that God is going to make Abraham a father of many nations. In Genesis 12, it says, I will make of you a great nation. But now he's talking about nations, plural nations. So not just the people of Israel, but other nations too. And neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. That means uh, a new name. God gave a new, new name. And Abraham, the name Abraham actually means one who is a father of many nations. Uh, for a father of many nations, have I made thee? This is interesting. Not only uh, did God give him a new name, Abraham, but God also said, I am calling you a father of many nations. This is your new name because I have made you a father of many nations. Interestingly, God said this to Abraham before Abraham was a physical father of many nations. He says, I have made you a father of many nations. So, but, but Abraham was not so in the natural, but he was so in the eyes of God. And there's a huge difference between how man sees and how God sees. What man saw was an old man, Abram, but what God saw was Abraham, who is a father of many nations. So even before Abraham became a father of many nations, he was so in the mind of God because God had so decreed it and God had so spoken it. And that is how God always speaks. That's why uh, the Bible uses such language. He says, let the weak say I'm strong, let the poor say I'm weak. When God looks at us, when we are sick, he says, by my stripes, you have been healed. And that's the way God talks to us. And he says that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when we are in difficult situations in Ephesians 1, 3, he says, praise God, we have been blessed with every blessing in Christ and the heavenly realms. So uh, true victory is when we begin to see ourselves and also talk about ourselves with this mouth, the way God talks about us. That is true victory because it doesn't take faith to talk about ourselves and talk about things as they are visible in the natural. It doesn't take faith to do that. Anybody can do that. But what takes faith is to speak of ourselves as God sees us. Amen. So it says, uh, and then it says, verse six, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations, another plural of thee and kings, plural, shall come out of thee. Then it says, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed. And that seed here is plural. After thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed, plural, after thee. So, here God is saying that I'm making a covenant with you, Abraham, and with your children, with the nations that come after you. Now, you've got to understand, this is not the same covenant 
there's a messianic covenant, which was God made several covenants with Isaac. And if we don't understand the difference, it gets very confusing. God has a covenant with, with Abraham. And I thought he had a covenant with Israel. How come he has a covenant now with the with the other sons of Abraham? Because remember, <laughs> we used to sing a song, Father Abraham had seven sons and seven sons had Father Abraham. Abraham actually had seven sons. If his first son was Ishmael, who had, he had with his first wife, Hagar. The second son he had was with his wife, uh, uh, Sarah, and by the way, incidentally, Sarah uh, Hagar was actually his wife because if you read the scripture, it's, he's, she was not just a woman he had an affair with. She was Sarah's uh, handmaid, her, her maid, but the scripture tells us very clearly that Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham to be his wife. So Abraham actually married Hagar and Hagar was Abraham's second wife, but she bore his first child, that was Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the covenant child because he was not the child of promise. The child of promise would be the one that would come to Sarah and that was Ish, that was Isaac. So he had Ishmael and he had Isaac uh, to, to Hagar and Sarah. Then he married another woman after Sarah died. Her name was Keturah. And with Keturah, he had five sons. So Abraham did have seven sons and so seven nations came out of him. And so you have to remember that uh, uh, that uh, this in this scripture, God has a covenant with Abraham and with all these sons of Abraham. And these this covenant has nothing to do with the Messiah. This was a covenant God had with Abraham and with his sons, because that's what he says, I'm going to make you a father of many nations and kings shall come after you. And anyway, uh, ju just stay with me. He said, verse seven, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed. That is plural. After thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. So God has a covenant, a different covenant altogether uh, with, with these uh, uh, with the sons and with their progeny, with their offspring. And then it says, uh, and I will give unto thee and to thy seed. The seed is the plural again, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession for I will be their God. So God gave Abraham and to his sons, the, all the land of Canaan. Then it says, God said unto Abraham, thou shalt keep my covenant. Therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generation, and said, this is my covenant, which thou shalt keep between me and thee and thy seed after thee. Again, the word seed is plural. Every man child among you shall be circumcised and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight years old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generations, he that is born in thy house and bought with thy money uh, or with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs to be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant and so on and so forth. And then verse five, verse 15. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, thou shalt not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. So God not only changed Abraham's name, he also changed Sarah's name 
and uh, I think in doing so he was preparing her for childbirth and the word Sarai actually means a woman who is contentious because you, if you remember I mean Sarai was you know after Hagar had her son Sarai began to fight with Hagar and she complained to Abraham and told Abraham to send away uh, the slave woman and her son and so he was a contentious woman but God changed her name from Sarai the content contentious woman to Sarah which means a princess hallelujah and when God changes a name he changes the character he changes the he changes the nature you see these are types and shadows of the new creation in Christ then it says verse 16 he's talking about Sarah and I will bless thee and give thee a son also of her that is that is Isaac, the one through whom the Messiah would come. Hallelujah. Yes, I will bless thee. And she shall be a father of nation, a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And uh, when a, um, then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him who is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael life might live before thee. Because at that time he had Ishmael. And so then began to, <coughs> God began to talk about Sarah will have a child and Isaac and I will bless her. And she'll be a mother of many nations. King of people, kings of people shall be of her. Abraham immediately thought of Ishmael. And this is what God said. Verse 19. And Sarah, uh, and God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed about him. You see, I talked about the three covenants. The first covenant was in chapter 15. And uh, now this is the second covenant with Abraham and with his children. And now comes the covenant. The mess I call it, uh, you can call it something else. I call it the messianic covenant. And that is... Uh, you see, you see, there's one thing about the Bible. The Bible talks about the creation of man and talks about, you know, about uh, many, many nations, you know, about Abel and Cain and then talks about different sons and Noah and all that and all those people down the chain. But th then then comes here uh, and then then. But if you watch from this point onward, you will see that the Bible uh, like it doesn't follow the sons of Esau, you know, they were the Edomites. We read about them later on. But, but what it follows is the Messianic line. Because, you see, we, we can catch glimpse. We can catch, learn some history from the Bible. We can learn some archaeology from the Bible. But there's many nations the Bible doesn't talk about. The Bible doesn't talk about the Chinese and the Japanese and the Europeans and who lived in North America. Because the Bible is the is a book of the God's salvation plan for man. So the, it follows the line of the Messiah. So even Ishmael and his descendants, God gave Ishmael a promise and let him go, but it doesn't follow Ishmael and his journey. It follows, uh, it follows Isaac and his descendants and it follows, comes down to the tribe of Judah. You know, so it, it, it follows the line of Jesus, the messianic line, because that is where the focus is on. So all the way from Adam, it starts going down, down the line and all these, uh, you know, it talks about all these people, all these prophets, all these descendants. And then it kind of narrows its focus and it began, it talks about Jesus. So basically the focus is on the messianic line. And now you see all these other families, other sons who God had promised. He had made a covenant with them. He's going to bless them. They kind of begin to fade away. 
but Isaac come Isaac God begins to talk about Isaac Isaac uh, shall come forth and then but Abraham is concerned about his other son he says oh that Ishmael might live before thee and 19 verse 19 God said Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed and thou shalt call his call his name Isaac and I will establish my covenant with him with Isaac for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him now that's an, uh, the third covenant the special covenant and it's the messianic covenant. As for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget and I will make him a great nation. Boom. That's it. I'm releasing Ishmael with a blessing. But my covenant <coughs> will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear and bear unto thee at this time in the next year. And he left off talking with him and God went up from Abraham. And then look, God had told Abraham that this is the sign of my covenant, that every male in your house shall be circumcised. And if you remember, Isaac wasn't even born at this time. Isaac was, this was a year before Isaac's birth, but this is what God did. And Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all that were born in his house and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin on the same self same day as God has said unto them, said unto him. And Abraham was 90 years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael was his son. Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. On the self same day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael, his son, and all the men of his house born in, the, born in the house and bought with money of the strangers were circumcised with him. So we see that uh, Ishmael was also circumcised. So this covenant of circumcision, Ishmael was included in it as were, uh, you know. So, uh, so God does have a covenant with Ishmael and God has a salvation plan for Ishmael. And, and I say this as one who is uh, a descendant of Ishmael. Maybe you can look at me as one of the first fruits out of the house of Ishmael. But here's the thing. God has a salvation plan. And this is, I'm going out of my subject a little bit. God has a salvation plan for the Arab people. God has not forgotten them. Of course, <coughs> I'm sorry, not all Arabs are descendants of Ishmael. Not all are. And just not all are. There are many most Arabs are not descendants of, of, of Ishmael. Most Muslims, Muslims are not descendants of Ishmael, but there are those who are, who have a tribal lineage. And, and, and here's the thing is that, but God has a salvation plan for them also, because God has planned and he has promised, he promised Abraham, I will bless them and I will make them a great nation. Although the messianic covenant, the messianic covenant goes through the line of Isaac. Yes, it is true. That is irrefutable. But does God does have a plan of blessing and salvation for Ishmael and for the other sons of Abraham and for their progeny. And that is why we have to preach the gospel to all those people. And we also have to preach the gospel through the, to, through the descendants, to the descendants of of uh, uh, of Ishmael of, of Isaac. I'm sorry, because the Bible makes it very clear that the blessings of Abraham shall come upon the Jewish people 
through Christ. So although God has promised his blessings upon the descendants of Isaac, he has promised his blessings upon the descendants of Ishmael. He has pl promised, uh, you know, him, him blessings to all his descendants through, uh, you know, his seven sons he had with his three different wives. But the fact remains that those blessings don't come outside of Christ. They come through Christ. And that is why for that word to be fulfilled for for the people of Israel to be blessed and for the descendants of Ishmael to be blessed and for the uh, descendants of the other children of Abraham to be blessed and also for the whole world to be blessed because God has, God has promised for every nation the gospel must be preached and the gospel is the key. Anyway, so now, now let's go to another thing. We are talking about uh, God's uh, relationship with uh, Abraham and uh, uh, I'm going to read to you about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is, this is very enlightening because here we see that because Abraham was in covenant with God, Abraham had quite a bit of clout. I mean, he could talk to God and, and uh, on, on behalf of other people. And verse 17, uh, you know, in Genesis chapter 18, verses 17 to 33. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? This is interesting. I really believe that this tells us that when God wants to do things on this earth, he wants to talk to his church. He wants to tell us. He wants to forewarn us. He wants to tell us the things that he wants us to do. That is why we have to have this edge uh, because we are in covenant with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, which is a greater covenant, by the way, than the one Abraham had with God. And I believe because of that, that this is a part of our life and our ministry to hear from God and to know this is what God is about to do. In verse 18, seeing that Abraham, this is God, what God, this is God speaking, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do uh, justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah of is great, and because their sin is very grievous, uh, <coughs> I will go now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come to me. And if not, I will know. So Sodom and Gomorrah were in sin and their sin was so great. It says the sins that were committed in Sodom and Gomorrah, they were very, very grievous. And God is said, I'm going to see what's happening. And then what happened? And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near to the Lord and said, Lord, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? So the Lord said, Lord, we know that there's wicked people in Sodom and Gomorrah, but there's righteous people there. Will you destroy the righteous also along with the wicked? And, um, and, the, and then he says, look, look, look at the way he talks to the Lord. Verse 24, per, per adventure, there be 50 righteous within the city. Will you also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous therein? He says, Lord, I know their sin is great, but if there's 50 righteous people there, will you destroy them also? Destroy the whole city, although there's 50 righteous. And then, uh, and then God began to, uh, uh, you know, Abraham kind of whittle down the number. 
uh, from 50, he came down to 45 and God couldn't find 45 righteous people. So Abraham brought it down to 40 and in verse 30, he brought it down to 30 and in verse 31, he brought it down to 10 because God says, I can't find 20 righteous people. And uh, Abraham, he brought it down. He said, okay, Lord, if I can find, if you can find 10 righteous people, will you, will you, <coughs> uh, will you spare the city? And God said, I will not destroy it for 10th sake. But they couldn't even find 10 righteous people. And of course, the city was destroyed. So you can see the relationship that Abraham had with God. And, uh, and, 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 and uh, you know, Abraham in Arabic, they call him Khalil Allah, which means he's the friend of God. Abraham uh, was, was a friend of God. God spoke to him face to face. And so what happened is that like he spoke to Moses, he spoke to Abraham face to face. And so um, anyway, that's the first thing that we see that Abraham had this. He walked with God. And when God would do something on the earth, he would tell Abraham. And now the second thing is Abraham was blessed. We see in Genesis 21, 22, and I shared this with you, I believe, day, for yes, day before yesterday. It says, and it came to pass at that time that Abimelech, he was one of the kings there. And he called the chief captain of his host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. So Abimelech recognized that God was with Abraham in everything that Abraham did. Then we see that <coughs> in Romans 4, 3, it says that Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. So he said, for what say the scripture, Abraham believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. And the word believed here means he gave himself in total dependence to God. So faith, faith, when we talk about faith in the context of the covenant, is a total giving of the self to God and receiving of the heart of God. Praise God. So anyway, so let us now continue to the next thing. And the next one, we shall see how Abraham was tested. In Genesis 22 verses 1 to 18, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Then he said, Take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. So now he, he did have another son, Ishmael, but Ishmael he had sent away. So he had only one son left. And God says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you lovest, and they get thee to the land of Moriah. And Moriah is actually what where Mount Calvary is today. Mount Moriah, it was known as then, it was known then today it's known as Mount Calvary. He says, get to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. So can you imagine he's telling him, here's the son of promise that he had waited for years. And this boy is now born and he's grown up. He's a teenager and now God wants him back. He says, okay, fine. Take him to the, this mountain. I'm going to show you and you're going to kill him there, sacrifice him there. And Abraham, but Abraham, he believed, obeyed God. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. And then on the third day, lifted, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young man, abide ye here with the ass and I and the Lord will go yonder and worship and come back again to you. So Abraham told the young man, stay here with the donkey 
and I and, and, and Isaac are going up. And uh, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And incidentally, when I was a Muslim, this story is found in the Quran also. In the Quran, it says that Abraham took Ishmael up to the mountain. But actually, it was not Ishmael, it was Isaac, because that's what the Bible said. And laid upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they both went, to, went, them to, went together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to a place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him upon on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord, like at the last moment, the angel of the Lord said, Abraham, and Abraham said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Yahweh Jireh. It is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord shall be seen. It's interesting because Yahweh Jireh is normally people think that it means the Lord shall provide, but you know, in the case of financial blessings, but that's not what he's talking about. Yahweh Jireh means that the Lord shall be seen in this place. Uh, interestingly, he called that place, Mount Moriah, this place, which later on came to be known as Mount Calvary, where Jesus was crucified, he, you know, uh, where, you know, that area was the place where Mount Calvary was. Actually, uh, that mount where Abraham was going to sacrifice his son, uh, the next hill over was Mount Calvary. And uh, anyway, uh, that, that's another story. I don't want to go into geography, where he was, that whole area is the, is the, is the land of Moriah, but that mount was the mount where, uh, where you have the Temple Mount. Yeah, the Muslims have their mosque, uh, Al-Aqsa Mosque, that's the, that's the place. That's where Abraham offered his son Isaac. And the next hill over, which is like three, 400 yards away, came to be known as Mount Calvary. But in John 8, 56, uh, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and he said to them, your father Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced. Hallelujah. So what was he talking about? When did Abraham see the day of Christ? I believe that was the day when Abraham lifted up his knife and was about to kill his son. And God stayed Abraham's hand. And God said, Abraham, because you were willing to give your son, I'm going to give my son. And Abraham looked at the next hill and he saw on Mount Calvary, he saw the cross and he saw the son of God being sacrificed by God upon that cross. And Abraham uh, saw that day. And that's why Jesus said, your father Abraham saw my day and he rejoiced. And he saw it and was glad. Anyway, so this is when Abraham was tested. And at the end of the test, and he says, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, says the Lord, but for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thee, uh, thy seed as the stars of the heaven 
and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Jesus, in the seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And I am so grateful that that word came true because I am one of those people who, uh, who were brought out of darkness from far away into the light, as were you, my friend, you who are watching me. You and I, we were both far from God, but because of that sacrifice Abraham made upon the cross, and that was, I mean, upon Mount Moriah, he was willing to give his son, and, and in return, God gave his son upon Mount Calvary. And you and I are here. We are a fruit of that sacrifice that Jesus made upon the cross. So we will continue more to study about the blood covenant, but let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to uh, bless all of us, Father. Uh, Father, bless us through your word. Let us walk in our covenant with you and walk strong with you. And may your blessings prevail upon our lives in all things. Father, I ask you to heal those that are sick. Touch and bless each person who hears my voice. Bless their homes. I thank you in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Well, God bless you, my friends. I'll see you again tomorrow.